Just ask for your blessing on our time and your word. God, we, we don't want to be guilty of just being hearers only. Lord, would you help us to see the reality of your word and to trust you for it over our lives. God, we don't want to be just hearers. We want to be doers. And Lord, we want the blessing that comes out of submitting ourselves to your word. And so God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And God, minds and hearts to believe on and to receive your word. Help us to just submit to what it says, Lord. Uh, we all time to time will wrestle with pride and, and from time to time we'll be tempted to go away that's right in our own eyes from time to time uh, between our flesh, this lost world, and its devil God will be, will be tempted to, to take a path and say we know what the Bible says but Here's why we got to do or we want to do what we want to do. And, and, Lord, it's just wicked unbelief and it's rebellion. And so, God, help us open our eyes. Convict us. Convince us. Lord, please, you are God and we're your people. And so, Lord, would you use your word tonight and have your way with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we are in Proverbs 10. If you want the handout, oh, I forgot to post it on the social links. So it'll be there later. But uh, if you need a, man, I'm just forgetful. Um, if you want a digital copy, that'll be posted later. But uh, otherwise, we've got the, um, the hard copy here tonight. You can raise your hand and, and uh, the Connections team will hook you up. We're in the middle of Proverbs chapter 10. Last time... We ended with verse 16, and so I want to review, review verse 16 with verse 17 because we're on point number 8 in chapter 10. We're talking about a right path. Verse 16 says, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. Labor of the righteous tendeth to life. What comes out of the wicked? The fruit of the wicked to sin. Verse 17 says, he is in the way of life, who? That keepeth instruction the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. What is his labor? Well, he keeps instruction. That's why it tends, right? His labor tendeth to life. He's in the way of life, keeping God's instruction. But he that refuseth proof. I mean, what does the fruit of the wicked look like? How do you end up in sin? He that refuseth, refuseth reproof. That's kind of a tongue type. I can't even say tongue twister. That's a tongue twister for me. Refuseth reproof. Say that three times really fast. Refuseth reproof. Refuseth reproof. Ereth. So who in their right mind would choose a path that would lead to destruction? Well, that's the problem. You're not in your right mind if you're on a path that leads to destruction. The correct mentality, and this is in your notes, okay, if God's word is life, then I must closely, very carefully follow it. I want to I position myself that way. God, your, your word says it, so that settles it. I'm going to submit to it. Do you get that? Your word says it, so that settles it. I'm just going to submit to it. That's the proper mindset where the word of God concerns our life. I must closely follow it. I don't want to fall into the trap of thinking I know better than God. I know what the Bible says, but I know best, so here's why I got to do what I got to do because of how I feel or my circumstances or what happened to me. Uh, no, there are no exceptions to submitting to the Word of God that are going to be good for you. So don't miss the correlation between verses 16 and 17. Keeping instruction in verse 17 is related to this labor in verse 16 that tendeth to life. 
Why? Because you're laboring in the Word. You are on a life-giving path. So here's our prayer request tonight. Because we know we're accepted in the Beloved, Ephesians 1.6 tells us God has made us accepted in Jesus Christ. So we're positionally, I get it, right? I'm accepted by the Lord. But I still, because I belong to Christ, because I'm accepted in the Beloved, I need God's grace to labor as approved unto God. When you get saved, you get accepted. But how you live out your salvation, okay, that is your submission or rebellion to the Word of God. So I need to labor so as to be approved unto God. How do I do that? Well, get on the life path. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, we are to labor to show ourselves approved unto God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Why? Because you were in Bible study. You got discipled. You went through D2. You studied your Bible cover to cover in LFBI. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Be a workman in the Word, rightly dividing the Word of truth. So that's our prayer request. But now don't miss the potential problem that, that we can run into. If I refuse to submit to God's Word, that affects my ability to think correctly. If, I don't, if you don't have a biblical worldview, you don't know how to think right. If your thinking is not based in the Word of God, you're missing some major components to being able, that, that enables you to be able to think properly. If you're not a biblicist, if you don't have the ability to think biblically, there's a lot you're going to miss in life. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 gives you insight into this principle. It's the Holy Bible. It's the Holy scripture, Scriptures that make you wise unto salvation. That's how you get started thinking properly. And then you find out that all of God's Word, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. The Word of God tells you what you need to know. Then it corrects what you're doing wrong. It's profitable for reproof and for correction. And then it tells you how to go in the way of righteousness, right? It tells you how to keep the path that tends to life. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be mature, perfect, truly, truly furnished unto all good works. So we need to know how to think and God's the one that knows how to think right. So if we're wise, we're going to say, I, any given situation, any given problem, I think what God thinks. Let me go look it up. And then I'm going to think that. Does this make sense? Here's our prayer request. Romans 12, we need renewed minds. And that comes through investment in the Word of God. That comes through that labor, that study, that work in the Word. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? Because the world is always trying to influence, influence your thinking. The world's always trying to show you, tell you, command you to think wrong. So we need daily renewal. This is why our quiet times are so important. This is why we need Bible study. This is why whenever we're sick with COVID, uh, the minute we're recovered enough to focus for an hour, jump on the Zoom. Catch that Bible study. Jump, stay, like Pastor Best said, stay connected. We need daily renewal. All right, number nine, verse 18. Uh, verses 18, really we're going to be looking at verses 18 through 20, 21. And we're looking at words and sin. 
Okay, verse 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. So there's two errors revealed here. Lying and slander are against another in context of, of the believer's life and fellowship. It'd be slander and lying against another brother. And here's what you need to know. You say, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really smart. I'm not going to get caught. No, no, your heart will betray you. You just need to know that. Your heart will betray you through your mouth. It's just a matter of time. So get this down. Here's the problem. You cannot cover up your heart forever. It will come out of your mouth. That's your next two blanks. Your heart will come out of your mouth. You say, that's really gross. I'm not talking about literally. Your heart's not going to. What your heart is, what your heart, how your heart is wired, how it is, the trajectory of your heart is going to show up in your mouth. Matthew 12, 34 says, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaketh. And your tongue is an accomplice to the heart. James chapter 3, verse 6 says the tongue is a fire. Listen to what's in your mouth, okay? The tongue is a fire. And some of you, you might lean over to your wife and say, yeah, whenever I kiss you, it's a fire. Okay, that's not what James is talking about. It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it, the tongue, defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. That's in your mouth. You need mouthwash, spiritual mouthwash. Tongue is nasty, man. Okay, so here's our prayer. Uh, this can be a prayer of salvation, right? Psalms 51, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That happens at the moment of salvation. And then once we're saved, we need to pursue that clean heart that God renewed, right? That clean heart that God put in us, that, that renewed spirit within us. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, we are to cleanse ourselves, having the word of God, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let's repent, let's respond in light of God's word. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So the problem our heart. You know, you gotta, you got to recognize that, that when you get saved, God gave you a new heart, but your flesh still has a corrupt one, and it's deceitfully wicked. Nobody can know it. Uh, it's ever-changing, and the Bible's very clear about that. So we want to follow the heart of God as found in His Word. Verse 19, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise, O Lord. Let's let the whole church here help us right here. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. Somebody that's always running their mouth, sin is always going to show up in that discourse. If you're always running your mouth, you're going to mess up with your mouth. That's just how it works. So let's get this down in our notes. This is what our mama told us when we were little kids. Think before you speak, right? Think before you speak. We already saw this in chapter 10. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. In 29.20, we'll see, seest thou a man that is hasty in his word? There's more hope of a fool than of him. Ecclesiastes 5.3 says, a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. You show me somebody that can't shut up, and I'll show you someone that the Bible says is a fool. Proverbs 17, 27 says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. 
So let's just say you're super low uh, on the wisdom to uh, the, the fool to wisdom scale. You're you're more on the fool side. Uh, if you can just keep your mouth shut, nod your head at the appropriate time, people will think you've got you know the sense to pour rain out of your boots. Okay, so. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. So if you, want, if you want your IQ, your perceived IQ to go up in the eyes of people that are around you, talk less, listen more, and you will automatically be esteemed as more wise. That's just how that works. Chapter 13, verse 3 says, he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. <laughs> That's a... Some people just going to die. <laughs> they just can't shut their mouth. I remember my little sister, um, she's uh, a lot younger than me, my youngest sister, and uh, so I'm a young adult, and uh, she was maybe 10 or 12 years of age and, and, uh, and was not in any wisdom at that stage in her life, and, and that was evidenced by the fact that her, when she woke up, from the time she woke up till the time she passed out, uh, that mouth was running all day long. It was amazing. It was aggravating. It was, a, it was incredible. I, it was a superhuman ability. Couldn't stop talking. And uh, very pushy with that mouth, very aggravating with that mouth, just stereotypical, dynamic, baby sister, young adult. And uh, me and some of my friends were going to go to the movies, and uh, we're getting ready to go, and I got, uh, a couple of them showed up, and she says, I want to go with you. And I said, there is no way I'm taking with you with me, little sis. And she says, no, you have to take me with you. I mean, I've been really good, and you have to do it. You have to do it. And I said, no, you'll ruin the movie. How am I going to ruin the movie? I said, because you won't be able to shut your mouth. Your mouth is going to run the whole time, and, and we're going to watch this. We want to enjoy this movie, not listen to your incessant commentary throughout it. And she says, I won't. I won't say a word during the whole movie, and I says, you're lying. Your mouth is going, and I can tell you're lying because your lips are moving. You can never stop talking. She says, no, no, it's true. It's true. I, if, if you'll take me, I won't say a word during the whole movie. I'll just watch it with you. And I said, prove it. If you can keep your mouth shut for one minute, 60 seconds, if you can just keep your mouth shut for the next 60 seconds, I will take you with me to the movies. She's like, okay, deal. We didn't even make it 15 seconds. And I left her, a little 10-year-old hind in at home. She was so mad at me. But it's like, you keep your mouth, keep your... I mean, some people, like, if your life was dependent upon a shut mouth. So here's our prayer. We need wisdom, right? To not walk in the flesh, but to walk in God's excellent spirit. Romans 8, chapter 10. Or, sorry, Romans 8, verse 1. says, there is now... Therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, we want to walk in the Spirit. The proof of who we are and what we have in Christ, it'll show up in our mouth. We call ourselves Christians, right? We have a relationship with Christ, but if we can't bridle our tongue, uh, there's deception. James 1.26, bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Our, the words that come out of our mouth, God help us that they would be his words. Let's think before we speak. Verse 20, the tongue of the just is as, a, as, as choice silver 
the heart of the wicked is little worth. Okay, now, as you study your Bible, we won't get into it. I give you some cross-references here. But silver in your Bible pictures redemption. Redemption is your next blank. You see that laid out for you in Exodus 21. You see it prophesied in Zechariah chapter 11. And then you actually see it going down in Matthew 26. Jesus, in order to shed his blood for the redemption of man, that whole thing was set up through 30 pieces of silver. That's how Christ came to Calvary to pay for our redemption. Okay, so the tongue of the just is as choice silver. I don't know about you, but I see that and I think, man, let's use our tongues as choice silver to tell the old, old story. Let's preach Christ and him crucified. Let's value that as treasure because what can happen now is my tongue as choice silver, that silver can be treasure laid up in heaven. I can lay up reward at the judgment seat of Christ with my mouth. Think about it. Money can come out of my mouth in God's economy, in God's kingdom. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Uh, my mouth, in terms of the judgment seat of Christ, can be a moneymaker as choice silver. Where's your heart? The heart of the wicked is of little worth. I tell you what, your heart is where your treasure is. And if, you're tr if your heart is on your flesh, what you want, your life in this world, this world which incidentally is going to burn, it will be destroyed, it's going to be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth, I need my mouth, oh, you know what, I need my heart on real treasure so that my mouth will lay up treasure. Lay up for yourselves, Matthew 6, 20. Um, some people are focused on the earth, verse 19, but verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We just saw in Philippians chapter 3, there are people for whom their God is their belly. And because they're not minding spiritual things, they're minding earthly things, they're seeking how to please themselves, they end up being the enemies of the cross. Remember, we just saw that in Philippians chapter 3. What is that? The heart is in the wrong place. They're not about laying up treasure where, where, where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves cannot steal. Uh, they're using their mouth to serve their belly God instead of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is their heart of little worth? Well, they're pursuing what they want, not what Christ wants. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If my treasure is all on myself, well, there's no eternal value there. But if my treasure, if, I'm, if my tongue as choice silver is being used to lay up treasure in heaven, well then, man, it's because that's where my heart is. I'm setting my, my Colossians 3, I'm setting my affection on things above. Do you see how that works? Um, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm praying for you to have a silver mouth. You know, you want a silver mouth. So here's the prayer right? Here's the prayer. We don't want to just have hearts that want to discover themselves and be a fool. We want hearts that are heavenward, so we use our mouths right. So we want to pray for God to give us grace, wisdom, and power in preaching the gospel. It's your next two blanks. We want to have wisdom and power, God's grace, to preach the gospel. Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Speaking of righteous, look at verse 21, 
Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. The lips of the righteous feed many. Remember the story of, of Peter, you know, he denied the Lord with his mouth three times, punked out in front of a little girl, and uh, ran away crying like a baby. Um, but his heart's broken. He denied the Lord that he just got done. I mean, he just got done bragging to him that that would never happen. Over his dead body, would he ever deny the Lord? All the rest of these jokers are absolutely going to punk out, but not me. And then he, you know, there's the cock crowing, and Peter runs off crying. And so the Lord is so good, and he grabs Peter, and he says, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. The lips of the righteous feed many. People need to know the word of God. And how are they going to know except somebody teaches them? Be righteous. Have righteous lips. That means we got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. We can't just fake it. I'm going to tell you the word of God and you don't know the word of God. Oh, man, if we're going to feed the sheep, we got to have the goods. Amen. The, feet, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of mis- wisdom. Let's pray that we'd be wise, that we would preach the gospel, that we'd preach the word of God. You got Bible study, and the ladies in your Bible study group need to hear what God gave you in his word. You got a buddy at work that needs to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's only going to be through the preaching of the gospel. The lips of the righteous feed many. Then very quickly, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Okay, at the point of God's blessing in your life, you can claim that. I mean, a Christian can claim Proverbs 10, 22. Uh, when you get that blessing, uh, there's no sorrow with it, but really... Uh, in terms of just staying dispensationally correct, there, was, there is nothing in your New Testament in the Pauline epistles that says you're exempt from suffering. As a matter of fact, it's insured, okay? Uh, the believer is not promised a life without sorrow, and exhibit A would be the Apostle Paul himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'll just give this to you as homework, verses 23 through 31, Paul lays it all out, how he suffered in service to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is going to be no getting around suffering. The difference is, uh, this is what we're seeing in the book of Philippians. Paul is at the end of a chain in prison, and he's writing to the church at Philippi about having joy in suffering. The theme of the book is joy, joy in the Lord. Um, For the believer, you're not promised a life without sorrow, right? You can have rough times, but but it can be in joy. This is why Philippians 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, I mean, that's so awesome. Somebody wrote a song about it. We don't sing it near enough. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, again I say rejoice. You guys know the song, right? You're not singing it. I don't know what's wrong with you. A few clappers. Rejoice in the Lord always. Some of you, you're going through a really rough time right now. Rejoice in the Lord. 
You see, I'm going through a time of sorrow. Rejoice in the Lord. Can I just tell you something? At the point of blessing, whatever sorrow you're going through, whatever difficulty you're going through, God's with you in that. At a minimum, that's a point of rejoicing for you. That's a point of praise. A lot of times we don't see blessing because we're so fixed on the… It's like, uh, it's like the, um, the hypocritical uh, paradigm where you're pointing out a beam in a brother's eye, or a, a moat, sorry, a moat in a brother's eye, and you got this beam in your eye, okay? What will happen is, is we'll get fixed on the moat of sorrow or the moat of suffering, the moat of discomfort, the moat of some, some, something came apart, something went wrong. It's a moat. There is a beam of blessing. There's a beam. Again, it's a, it's a loose analogy and, and, and probably not great teaching, but you get the point. You get fixated on the little when there's a massive thing that should be obvious. It's kind of human nature. Uh, don't be fleshly minded. Let's be spiritually minded. God has been so good. To, God, all God has ever been is good to us. Even in hard time, even in suffering, even in sorrow, even in persecution, even in COVID, God just keeps blessing. God has been nothing but good to us. Amen? Okay, so we've got our prayer requests. We've got a few minutes. We've got, it looks like, three minutes. Uh, let's get in groups and let's pray. Put whatever prayer request, whatever problem, whatever prayer request that jumped out at you, just lift that up to the Lord. Grab a prayer partner. You can pray by yourself, but let's have just a little short season of prayer before we dismiss. All right? Let's pray.